everybody. Welcome to the Mayfair Theater Podcast. This is Josh. Hey, everybody. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. I didn't mean to step on what you were saying. That's I just okay. snapped out of it. <laughs> you woke up from your <laughs> yes. parental summer haze. The, the, all those things. And we're chatting today about movies coming up July 14th through 20th, 2017. Spider-Man Homecoming, no. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not showing that. We don't got to give advertising for that. It's doing well no. enough. Is it? I think. I don't know. Yeah. Just the two of us today, like everybody else, kind of summer's busy, especially for Anya's doing a thousand things, and Andrew's probably sleeping. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. Andrew, Andrew, the busy is not in his vocabulary. Before we talk about the stuff this week, just one thing that came to mind is Quentin Tarantino's in the news again with news of the a... Manson family. Manson family. So is this for real? He's doing a Manson well, family? Well, I mean, there's been, as long as I've known Tarantino... Yes. ...through social medias... He's always had things on the go. Whether he gets to it or not is, an, is another right. thing. Like he's always had scripts for movies. There's like a dozen scripts for movies he was working on that he never got filmed. He's only got two more movies, and then he retires. Yeah. Is the Manson family movie one of them? Right. Who knows? Like there was a martial arts film he wanted to do after Kill Bill and Mar- a Mandarin film. Uh, he wanted to do Bad News Bears, go to jail. Yeah. You know, there was all Kill these, Bill 3. Yeah. There's all these things in, in, the, in the pipeline. Who knows if this will actually happen although he's been meeting with actors apparently brad pitt jennifer lawrence i don't know why he'd meet with jennifer lawrence and uh who's the woman who plays harley quinn oh margot robbie yeah her as shannon tate okay which is a pretty good idea yeah and sam jackson in there somewhere yeah sam jackson is roman polanski wait what (laughs) (laughs) kidding perfect perfect I, i mean i'd go see it obviously it seems very left field for him yeah it um maybe he wants to do something different you know, he's got two more films. He'll do something really wild and different. Maybe he wants to try to win an Oscar or something. Yeah. I don't know. I'll see it when I believe it. When he starts shooting, I'll believe it. Yeah, that's, that's how I feel about so Whether it's a big pop culture movie like Indiana Jones or a yeah. Quentin movie, it's always how I feel. And like When they start rolling, then I'll believe that this is actually it happening. seems like it has a lot of momentum, though. Do you think he'll actually stick with this retirement thing? Well, it depends on how much fun he has at the movie theater. Maybe he'll get yeah. bored. Maybe he might try it for like... Like, I'm fucking bored. (laughs) He might try it for, I don't know, he might try it for a few years. He wants to seriously rip tickets. Right. Sell tickets and welcome people to the theater. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Because I love when when Sonnenberg a couple years ago said he was retired. And I'm like, that's not going to stick. What's it called? Lucky... The new, uh, it's, it's Daniel Craig, and it's kind of like a crime Lucky movie. Slevin or Lucky... Something, yeah. You know they're making a prequel trilogy to the Ocean's Eleven's movies? Yes. Oh, my God. Can you I, hear me throwing up in my <laughs> mouth right now? I don't Ocean's know how much nine? it's actually Eight? attached, because it's, it's like a female cast. No. Sandra Bullock's in the lead. The, like Ocean's, Ocean's Eight? Ocean's Eight, yeah. Oh. Well, Ocean's Eight leads to Nine and Ten. Yeah. And then I imagine it's just a prequel. Yeah, because they said like Ocean's Eight is. Thank you, Phantom Menace. Yeah, it's Sandra Bullock and Kate Blanchett and a bunch of other ladies. I didn't know that was the. I knew there was a ladies' version coming. Yeah. I hate those. Look, I hate the original right. Ocean's Eleven, the, the Rat Pack movie, and I love the Rat Pack. I just hate that movie. Uh, there's a one sequence in the movie worth watching. The rest of it's boring, and they remade a lousy film, which is probably a good idea. You know, instead of making cla- remaking classics, take a good old movie that had a great idea uh, that didn't turn out so well and remake it. But I hate, those are my least favorite Steven Soderbergh movies, all three of them. I always think that's a better idea on paper, is instead of making, like, don't remake Jaws, but find some other movie that was maybe a good concept and something didn't come together right and try that. Donald Trump as president probably looked good on paper. Yeah, somebody... (laughs) Communism looked good on paper. Ocean's Eleven, who knows? 
Yeah, Steven Soderbergh. Did he, yeah, I, I mean, I, I do kind of like the trailer for this movie. It's funny. Daniel yeah. Craig looks really funny in it. Kylo Ren's like a one-armed Neanderthal. Yeah. I don't know. I'll go see that one. I got a few friends really excited for it. I, I don't know how involved he is with the prequels, though, since 11. I don't think he is at all. Yeah, yeah I think good. it's like a whole different That I can hate team. it without yeah. feeling bad, because I only hate him. I feel bad a little bit because it's Steven Soderbergh. Yeah. Yeah, because I do like him. I like the sex and videotape still. Uh, yeah. I love that film. And I always like him for his, like, he was on the whole digital push. He was on the whole kind of trying things in different ways for distribution. And, and I always like that he will do a tiny little weird movie, Mm-hmm. And then Ocean's Eleven will be to keep his career going, and then he'll do something weird in between. And he's then... keeping Godfrey Riggio uh, in working, you know. Yeah, Naiko Akatsi. Yeah, he's got his. He seems like a nice fellow too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've not met him, but I he walked in front of my car when I was in New York City once, and it's a red light. He walked in front, and I wanted to go stalk him. Yeah, I feel like I had something to say to him or ask him. Yeah, I like Bubble, and I liked uh, Schizopolis, and. Um, even the underneath, his first big Hollywood movie, Universal Pictures, released this movie starring Peter Gallagher, and it was all eyebrows. That guy's all yeah, eyebrows. Yeah. I liked the underneath; that was a good thriller. King of the Hill, that was his second film. Saw that at the Bytown was really exciting. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 strong. He's he's, he's important. He's important. Yes, so see, he's more important than Angela Point. <laughs> oh, see what happens when Andrew doesn't come on the show yeah. <laughs> don't that's, sleep in again jerk <laughs> that's today's debate who's more important to cinema Andrew or Sonnenberg Andrew doesn't even they, we don't even use his surname <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was thinking about Andrew because I know Andrew's a big Quentin Tarantino fan and yes. so I wanted to chat with him about this yes. stuff but oh I am too yeah are I, we recording yes we're recording okay good I uh, I am too I'm a big Quentin Tarantino fan but I think he wants to sleep with Quentin Tarantino I think, yeah, I think so it's a little further than just being a fan I think he wants to get into his kitchen I don't know where I got fridge. it you know when you have stuff and you have no recollection of where you got it I had a a Quentin Tarantino flask for Django Unchained and I don't know where I got this stupid thing from some swag when I went to a movie premiere or something like that like one of those free screenings and I gave it to Andrew for Christmas, and he was very happy with it. Oh, really? Yeah, like a couple years ago I gave him that for Christmas. So, yeah, I know he's like an I, – I really like Quentin. I can't picture Andrew drinking out of a flask. <laughs> that's, that's where he is now. <laughs> I like Quentin, but I'm always – I always admit that I'll, I'll see his movies, and I'll be like, good job, everybody, but I'm not like a super fanboy about it. Is like, that what you put on Twitter? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's on the poster. Good job, everybody. Josh Dafford, Maker Theater. <laughs> Yeah, like I'm not going to watch Django over and over and over again the way I might some other film. And I always find flaws that I admit I might be over picky about, but I always look forward to a new Quentin film. I think my favorite work of his is probably like the old old days, Pulp Fiction, True Romance, that kind of stuff. I'm a big fan of I like them all, I think, except I'm not crazy about Four Rooms. Okay, yeah. I'm not crazy about Death Proof, although I think Death Proof has the greatest stunt of the 21st century. I agree. In movies. That stunt, I remember the cliche of, like, edge of my seat, where, like, the movie before and the end was fine, but that car scene, I was just... Grabbing the seat and sweating and just yeah. I think I'm going back to the Monroeville Mall. Did I tell you? Oh no! Speaking of stunts, yes, and best stunts in movies, yeah. Burt Reynolds is going to the is going to be at the SteelCon in uh, August, and I think I just have to. He never does autographs and photograph sessions. I never see him do that, so I have to take advantage. I think I'm going back to Monroeville Mall just for Burt, <laughs> for Burt Reynolds. What's Burt Reynolds doing? Go- what's what's the convention? It's like a. It's called SteelCon. It yeah. happens twice a year at the Monroeville Mall 
convention. There's a convention center and a hotel now in the parking lot of Monroeville Mall. Yeah, and I, I went to the horror one, and now they they're having an they're having one so it's so close. It just yeah. finished. Yeah. I feel like I'm still trying to pay off my credit card <laughs> yeah. from all the gas I spent. But it, it's it's an exciting one. So you know, Dawn of the Dead's not going to be a part of it, but uh, Nancy Allen will be there. Cool. And Ralph Macchio. Ralph Macchio. <laughs> but most importantly, Burt frickin' Reynolds. Yeah. And uh, I have no one to go with right now, but I'm pretty excited to go. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Okay, Anya's coming Anya's now. Gonna, Anya's <laughs> in the background cleaning. You, she snuck in while no, we were recording. You say Anya, I say Anya. I say Anya. How, what's, who's getting it right, Josh or Lee? Josh gets it right? Yeah. Gotcha. Anya. Anya? Yeah. Do you, why didn't you say Lee when I call you Anya? <laughs> when you go, Lee, stop calling me Anya. Because I was 15 when... <laughs> Terrified. <laughs> Terrified of the repercussions. I'm glad I instilled fear in the 15-year-olds who work here. That's like I... <laughs> I was down in, in Minnesota, and they... Despite them having quite the accent, they super noticed my accent. And they were doing the old annoying thing of like, say this word, say this word. And mm. it's, it's, all, it's all the vowels. So I say drama, and they say drama. Right. So it's all little things like that. Yeah. That, so yeah, I don't know. I say Anya... Anya. And drama. I'm going to have to practice Anya. Anya. <laughs> Anya. It sounds like the pretentious version of Anya. It is. That's why I'm very highbrow. I'm very upper class. <laughs> I can tell by the depends you wear. <laughs> and on that note, I want to chat about... Oh, so we lost one of our Jalo films due to technical difficulties, I guess. Yeah, well, they had... I think they scanned it and it didn't work. Like, oh, no. So they got all these 35 millimeter prints. It's an right. amazing collection in the United States. And they ke- it keeps expanding. And, you know, uh, Jim Verney from uh, Something Weird Video died, so they got all the Something Weird Video oh, prints, man. which is an incredible amount. Yeah. Uh, they, they're, they're amassing a collection. And so they scan... I, from what I understand, they scanned it and it's not going to be ready for the DCP. Okay, yeah. You know, these are... Fresh off the scan. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we're getting a better film, actually. Uh, Mary Bava's uh, Blood, Blood and Blacklist, which I tried to originally book, and they, they, the, the Canadian distributor wouldn't allow it. Okay, but now there's, they, they've gotten free reign, I guess. I love the the poster, which you guys can go look at on the website. It's just like yellow background and just like a woman looking in a mirror, yes. about to be killed by a floating skeleton hand, I think. Yes. But the tagline is guaranteed. The eight greatest shocks ever filmed. <laughs> there better be. Eight I'm gonna be ones. counting them down. <laughs> okay, you're up to four. But I, I love that of that that era. I don't know what you call that era, but it's not Grindhouse really. But it's it's that. Uh, uh, but those those taglines and the oh, gimmicks and the yeah. It, it's the era when they were well, it's like. B, it's actually B movies, cinema, B-movies, right? Because yeah. you'd have you go to a drive-in yeah. and you go spend money to go see the A list mo- the movie with movie stars, and then a B movie doesn't have any movie stars, and they have to throw taglines in there right, to, right, right. To, to get you to come. And it's, it, that's the era of, and you know, you can find a few cool documentaries about it, or a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff on certain Blu-rays. But the, you know, they'd have an ambulance parked outside with yeah. like a warning, or you'd have to sign something, or even kind of bigger films like Hitchcock jumped onto that bandwagon a little bit with movies like Psycho, I think. But yeah, I love that era. I love the posters. I love the taglines. And, and Mario Bava's probably the best example of Jallo in a way. I mean, no, maybe Dario Argento, but Argento. I'm seeing Bava was a stylist. And it's all style over substance. So a gentle yeah. style over substance. You know, these movies don't make a lick of sense, yeah. but it's eye candy to the max. And, and Bavo is really good at shooting with no money and making something look stellar. He did Danger Diabolic, 
which, right. which is uh, Beastie Boys made that video oh, based yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. But Danger Diabolic, he, he he made it for Paramount, and Paramount gave him whatever amount of money he gave, he made it with a third of the budget he was given. Okay. And they tried to convince him to do a trilogy. Make two more movies with the remaining money. He would take, um, there's a scene where the actors have to get on a plane near the end of the movie. Yeah. And instead of moving the crew to an airport and renting a plane for the evening, he took a, a catalog and he cut a plane out with scissors <laughs> and a piece of paper and just put it in front of the lens yeah. and had the actors fire in the background so it looks like they're walking onto a plane, like with some depth of field right. and trickery. And uh, that's the way he was saving money. But it looks great and fun. And Danger Diabolic's got full of that. And, and this film is very uh, beautiful color. Um, the uh, color palette is, is yeah. sensational. It's one of those, the poster, too, has Technicolor across yeah. it in bold. Technicolor is, yeah, to the max. <laughs> Nothing shines like a Mary Bava movie. And his son makes movies now, Lamberto Bava. Right. He did Demons, which you've shown here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Demons 1 and 2. And this would be under the, the umbrella of films where the dialogue would all be done later, a lot of commotion on the set. That yeah, kind MOS. Of they MOS, would, yeah. There would be no microphones on set. Nothing. And wow. people have to stick to the scripts. Yeah. So that when they go into a studio, they just repeat what they said in the movie and record it properly. Right. And that was the great era. I think we talked about this on the show, yeah, yeah, how yeah. Fred Williamson ruined it. Right. But they would, because there was no microphones, they could do quicker, quicker setups, more setups in the day, and they can concentrate visually on the movie instead of... You know, trying to nail all those perfect uh, sync sound yeah. uh, moments. <laughs> so that's why Good, the Bad, and the Ugly and all these spaghetti westerns look stylish. They look like paintings right. because the concentra- they were there was more emphasis on picture than sound. It's so funny to think like any modern movie where there would be like, oh, the boom's in the shot, or oh, yeah. we get, can't get close enough, or that kind of thing. And yeah, there's and, a boom in Godfather. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> I was watching something the other day. And there was a super boom shadow. It's funny how the one I always think of is Do the Right Thing, where it's, it's early in the film, and I think Spike is just walking down the street. And not only is there a boom shadow, but there's a shadow of, like, the whole crew on a rig, where it's, like, you, so the shadow of, like, the camera and the dolly and every, the dolly pusher yeah. and everything like that. Went, yeah. And most people don't notice, and that's, like, a classic modern film. And I, I remember seeing a couple old, like, kind of, cool Michael Caine films like Italian Job or something like that and same thing where there'd be a fight scene and then just really briefly in a mirror you'd see the, the camera lens or you'd see a boom pole or something like that I forget what film it is where the director calls that his cameo oh yeah you can <laughs> see him as a reflection you can see him standing sitting beside the camera and he just left it in because like, that's my cameo yeah <laughs> and Do the Right Thing is a beautifully shot movie it's Ernest Dickinson and the color, yes. color photography is great in that movie and, and it, yeah it's funny even the best can uh and yeah. be flawed a little bit. And I always wonder how many times it's, ah, just leave it, it'll be fine, versus sometimes they just don't notice. Well, like, with 35, it's, it's, you know, right now digital. Yes. You can watch it immediately. Oh, shit, we got to oh, shoot exactly. that again. Yeah. On 35, you had, this, you had to ship it to Los Angeles from right. New York City, wherever, ship it to the lab, have it processed, wait a day, ship it back, and find somewhere to go watch it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, a, a couple of days would go up, but by, you'd be, your sets would be torn down, you'd be yeah. in a different location. Yeah, it's best just to move on sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I can't even think of specifically what you mean. I'm not doubting that it's there. Right. But, uh, you know, and, and any reason to rewatch, to do the yeah. right thing is good enough for me. It's funny, though. Sometimes people, there's just human error. Like, I, I happen to be speaking, we briefly mentioned Spider Man earlier. The Mayfair is full of human errors. Full. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> the, the kid playing Spider Man, Tom Holland, said he was watching a rough cut with the director and. 
this had gone past all kinds of people, you know, all the editing process, and there's a scene where 100% he forgot to put on the American accent. Oh. And he pointed it out, and he was like, oh, can I ADR that again? And the director was shocked, and he was like, how did we not notice that? But just hundreds of hours of footage yeah. and all the effects and things, and sometimes things just slip by. So they fixed that, but he said, if I hadn't been there, that might have slipped by. You know what my favorite thing about Spider-Man Homecoming is Lando's in it. Oh, yeah. What's his name, yeah. Bruce Glover? Uh, no, not Bruce Glover. It's um, Danny Glover's father. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not Danny Glover's father. No. Just <laughs> Glover's father. The, the new Donald, Lando. Donald, Donald Glover. Donald Glover, yeah. And I hadn't seen him before. He's got a big show, I guess. Everyone loves yeah, him. Yeah, which I want to see. Yeah. I've never seen him before. And I was watching Spider-Man. I'm like, God, that guy looks like Billy Dee Williams. I'm uh, like, wait a minute. This is Disney. That's got to be Lando. And I signed the credits. Okay, that was him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. And it, it, it's a funny chain of events because a few years back, a lot of people wanted him to play Peter Parker. Oh. And... It's like instant. Never heard that. Instant racism on the internet. Of like you can't. And like why? Why can't a young black man play a kid yeah. in New York City? There's nothing in Spider-Man's history that, that yeah. says that. And it was because he was on the show Community and wore a Spider-Man shirt, oh. and that kind of went from there. But as fate would have it, he ended up voicing a Spider-Man on the animated series. So it's this weird chain of events of him in this Spider-Man world now. He's played Spider-Man in cartoons. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and he's going to be Lando. But it's, I noticed too in Spider-Man how this like synergy of Disney owning everybody now mm-hmm. is that Spider-Man had Star Wars action figures. A lot. A lot. <laughs> There's a lot of the Death Star. When it breaks, the Death Star breaks in the movie. My son lost his mind. Ah. <laughs> so he got one at home. Yeah, there's a lot. I just hope. I, what I don't want to see is Anakin. Or, or I don't want to see anyone, uh, Ray, playing with Spider-Man figures. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> you can't go that way. And I guess if those two directors continue with the Han Solo movie, that might yeah. have happened. <laughs> it's interesting how a little while back you were talking about Spielberg having Kathleen Kennedy's ear. Because I was listening to a podcast recently and they were hemming and hawing a bit about the Jurassic World guy directing the next Star Wars. Yeah. And it clicked in my brain. I was like, oh, wait, it all makes sense. Yeah. He just worked with Spielberg and Spielberg probably gave him a recommendation and there yeah. you go. Like, yeah. he, he, it's funny how many people in the world exist because Steven Spielberg's a part of Hollywood. Like, oh, yeah. Daniel Craig is James Bond because Spielberg suggested that to the Broccoli's. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's like just tons of things. You know, Vin Diesel's first movie was right. Saving Private Ryan. You go back and you look, it's like he's got such a, a footprint on, on the community. Yeah, and a lot of TV stuff and a lot of animation stuff and video mm-hmm. game stuff. Yeah, it's all over. Yeah, and then Vin Diesel was all downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Up, upwards that's financially, my, but... It's, it's my <laughs> least favorite thing about Saving Private Ryan now yeah. is that Dim Weasel's a part <laughs> of it. <laughs> I couldn't think of his character name from Fast and the Furious, and that's okay. Now I can sleep. Yeah. And we have another Agfa movie coming up called Effects. Yes. And that's uh, Tom Savini's in it Tom and a Savini. lot of the, the George Romero alums. It's exciting. And it, it seems like it was really like a long-lost movie that barely got... I kind of feel like this is necessary. Yeah. If you like... Excuse me. I'm tired. If you like horror films, I mean, if you like... You know, I, I think probably Dawn of the Dead is probably one of the five most influential films oh, yeah. of all time. Yeah, it's essential. If, if, if you're in love with the horror film genre, you can't miss effects. It's mandatory. Yeah, you know, yeah. If you think about it. <laughs> and on the other end of the scale, I just want to mention, so we got a couple weeks lead into it. On Sunday, July 23rd, we're screening The Muppet Movie as part of our kids' club, which I'm really excited about because I yeah. kind of thought this would be locked away in those pesky Disney vaults I, by now. It's universal still. Because Universal owns the theatrical rights in Canada, I wonder and if, if any American cinema could show it right now. Interesting. Probably yeah. not. I, it might be a Canadian thing. Do they own 
just this one or like the first three before because Disney's first I believe was, was Christmas Carol right I don't know where I, yeah I think I think MGM which is now Park Circus owns Great Muppet Caper okay if you like the Muppets you should watch the new Star Wars Star Wars show is every Wednesday yes so every Wednesday at 4 o'clock StarWars.com puts up the Star Wars show on YouTube right and this one they interviewed the actor who played Nine Numb Oh, okay. And Return of the Jedi, who also played him in, in, in Force Awakens. Yeah. And Nine Numb, his name came from because when they had all the creatures laid out at Lucasfilm and they were trying to pick, Nine Numb was in the ninth row. So oh, okay. they kind of yeah. just gave him Nine Numb. <laughs> it was yeah. good. But that actor who plays Nine Numb worked, uh, his first movie was The Great. Uh, uh, the Great Muppet Caper. Oh, cool! And he he often would play the right arm of Kermit or the left arm yeah, of Piggy. Yeah, yeah. And then he went on to the Dark Crystal. Actually, I guess the Dark Crystal was before Great Muppet Caper. No, no. Anyway, he worked on the Great Muppet right. Caper. Uh, he was also Roger Rabbit. You know, when Eddie comes into the bar and he's got Roger under his, his jacket yeah. and he's got that erection. Oh wow! That was nine num. <laughs> So he the was bulge like, in his pants is not enough. That's a good. That's a good resume piece. <laughs> and and you know and then he would he was Yoda's right arm in Return of the Jedi. I don't know, if you like the Muppets, it's a it's a really good. It's a short interview. The show right. is only ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. And he it's a part of that ten minute show. But it, it's really it's really amazing what he was involved with. It's always cool like that. Lucky like people on the uh, small roles in big parts of yeah. history are always fascinating. Where yeah. Where it's like, yeah, I was I was Yoda's left arm. Yeah, and the behind the scenes show, photos they show, and he hints at he can't say, but he hints at that he's in Last Jedi. Oh, obviously, cool. cool. Yeah, Nine Numb is sort of becoming might become like the next Wedge. Yeah, like Wedge <laughs> said, the actor who played Wedge said no to Force Awakens, so they're yeah. making Nine Numb stepping into that role. I think a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> man, I miss Wedge. I wish he would have. He was at the celebration. I think I think uh, amicably he was just like, no, I'm. Done. <laughs> no, I think. Well, people were hinting that he he must be in Last Jedi if he was there. Oh, maybe that'd be cool. Yeah, he's he's Ewan's uncle. He has to. Yes. He has to come back. Yes. Which makes him. Yeah, you Ewan, Ewan McGregor. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so let's chat about just a bit about the movies we have this week. A couple returning, actually three returning. So Churchill, the hero, and Beatrix at dinner. All money makers. All money makers. <laughs> and I saw Beatrix last night. Really liked it. A oh, lot. really? I want to see it. It's uh, John Lithgow is. It looks like a sweetheart. Oh my god! Well, like, so I want him in my life. <laughs> in this movie, he plays like an evil right wing Trump kind of guy. Yeah. But what what he's so amazing at is it could have very easily been a caricature, but instead he gives this guy layers. He does likable things. He's he's. He has somebody kind of yell at him, and he doesn't react. He's like, oh, it's okay, I understand, you know. He, he's self-deprecating, so he's a bad guy, but it's a, it's a great role, because it very easily could have just been like, I'm a bad guy, yeah. everybody hate me. Yeah. But he made it be like, oh, yeah, this guy's a hunter, and he's an anti-environmentalist, but he's this, this, this. And Salma Hayek, same thing. Like it's, I remember her 20 years ago in you know, Desperado and Dust Till Dawn. Yeah. And she was just all boobies back then. And yeah, <laughs> and she's such a great dramatic actress on top of being gorgeous. And in this movie, plus she's she's about two feet tall. So every, mm-hmm. all the women in the movie have heels, and like John Lithgow is pretty big. So she's just small in this movie, and is such like an interesting little like almost like Dinner with Andre. Like yeah. it, it could be a play, but I liked it very much. So I recommend that. Coming to see Hero, which I'm looking very forward to, mm. and uh, Churchill I saw too, and it's another example of a. Just a good character piece. Good. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's you know, we keep making World War Two stories. It's a never lot, going away. A lot of these, some of these films are in late night spots, so I get to see them. Okay, yeah. And it's impossible for me to go to matinees anywhere or, or early evening. Yeah. Unless I'm working. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we have Paris Can Wait, which is Eleanor a, Coppola. 
Yeah, is this, this her first fiction? I guess she directed Hearts of Darkness yeah. for her husband. Uh, I, I I don't know. She yeah, I think it might be. I mean, the first one we've shown. Yeah, I can't remember thinking of Eleanor Coppola's name on an era film that we've shown here. She must have done something else. And it's Diane Lane who's kind of really niched out this career of middle-aged mm-hmm. woman romantic drama comedies kind of thing. And it's Alec Baldwin's in it as well. And it's just it looks like a nice, beautiful cinematography kind of road trip picture. Yeah. After this week, of, on all the money we're going to be raking yeah, in, yeah. you're going to be able to f- afford that fur coat you've always Oh, uh, yeah. And your fur hat. And my, and my monocle. <laughs> yeah. And then we have a, our premiere this week, uh, an independent film called Radio Dreams, mm-hmm. which kept confusing me of whether it was a documentary or not. Yeah. It's one of those, even you watch the trailer, and it's just on the kind of mockumentary line of like, oh, wait, what is this? Because it's about somebody trying to unite his favorite band with Metallica. Mm-hmm. And in the trailer, you can see one of the members of Metallica was on the film festival circuit recently and won a couple of awards. So it's, yeah, it's that kind of film. And, I, and, I, and still, I'm like, wait, is this Spinal Tap or a documentary? Mm-hmm. I can't figure it out. But So we have that coming up. And then on Saturday night, our 95th monthly screening of The Room. The countdown to 100 in December. It's December. Yeah. Yeah, it's getting exciting. People keep on asking what we're doing, and I have to kind of keep on replying of, of, of I'm not even trying to skirt the, the question, but we don't know right now. We, we know it's coming. We have some ideas. There's a good chance we're all going to be not, uh, invited to the Oscars this year. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because of the room. <laughs> yeah, when, 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 it gets, uh, when Franco gets a couple Oscar nominations for Disaster Artists. <laughs> Director, actor. Yeah, script. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I wanted, I wanted to win Best Adapted Screenplay, which that's the kind of award this kind of movie might get. Yeah. Because I, I believe Greg would, would win it. Greg would, would well... No, he didn't write the screenplay. No. Whoever right. wrote the screenplay it was adapted would adapted by... Yeah. yeah. But what I... mentioned. Exactly. <laughs> and I predict Tommy rushing the stage and grabbing the Oscar, <laughs> thinking that that means he gets yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, that, wouldn't that be lovely? Oh, it'd be so That'd great. Be better than any sequel to The Room ever. <laughs> because I would think if... If this and this is a lot of ifs, if it happens and Franco's there, Franco's the kind of cool eccentric guy that I think Tommy could be his plus one. Yeah. I think something like that might happen. That'd be fun, you know. When we show the Oscars here, oh yeah, it is, then it'll be the best year of the Oscars ever at the Mayfair because the Mayfair will feel like a part of the Oscars. Oh, for real, yeah. And we maybe we can get Tommy to to be a part of our no, he'll be there. He'll be there. But yeah. I wonder if I can get him to say a few things beforehand to our audience and yeah, yeah, yeah. To make the Mayfair feel like we're in Los Skype Angeles. in or phone in or something, yeah. <laughs> From the red carpet. Yeah, like stranger things have happened because it's just, you know, every once in a while a, you know, a South Park or something yeah. gets a nomination. And especially because I keep on comparing this one to Ed Wood where Ed Wood got a actor nomination and a couple other, you know. It won. Some, it, it won for yeah. Martin Lando, yeah. Yeah, Martin Lando. And so being akin to that and Hollywood movie, Hollywood people kind of like behind the scenes movies. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so it would be so bizarre if, and it would be in all the headlines, like, worst movie ever made <laughs> inspires winning an Oscar. Yeah, yeah. see it at the Mayfair Theater. I'm, I'm still looking forward to seeing a trailer, because all I've heard so far is that I've read a couple of articles of people who've seen, I guess, a rough cut at some yeah. festivals. I imagine that trailer's going to be difficult to cut. Yeah. To make it seem like what it is. To make it seem like a movie about the, the making of the worst film of all time, but at the same time being James Franco's Oscar contention. Yeah, and like Ed Wood... Tim Burton did that on the heels of, you know, Batman Returns, big moneymakers, yeah. and it was not a big hit. I think 
kind of universally loved. I think everyone loves that movie, but it wasn't a big hit at the box office. Yeah, maybe Disaster Artist won't be either. Like, no. I still, every, I, most people I meet don't know what The Room is. No, no, no. Which is crazy. I think for us it'll be very good. For the other theaters around North America that screen it like we do, it'll be good because it will get into the papers. It will mm. get, you know, maybe the cover of Entertainment Weekly or Rolling Stone or something. So, yeah. Even if it's not a big financial hit, it'll be good for us, I think. Yeah. And the sooner we can get a hold of it, the better, probably. Mm. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. I think it, I kind of I kind of trust those guys. I, I like Franco and Seth Rogen, and especially thinking of it's got some good character actors in it. So. Oh yes, yeah. Uh, Anya just reminded us that we have Little Hours coming up, which I'm really looking like every single cast member in this movie is somebody I really mm -hmm. love. And Dave Franco, who is in Disaster Artist, is in Little Hours, along with uh, Aubrey Plaza, Nick Offerman, and a I bunch like of other Aubrey funny Plaza people. A lot. I don't uh, find yeah. Dave Franco a, a good-looking enough man to be to play Greg Sestero. Greg oh, yeah. Sestero's a punk. <laughs> yes. And, and, and uh, Dave is just a bit of a goof. <laughs> yeah. He's like a hunky goof, though. And then James Franco is too handsome to play Tommy Wiseau. Oh, yeah. Although yeah. Tommy Wiseau's... Get it. He's pretty, he's uh, he's hunkish. Yes, yes. <laughs> Just in case he's listening. Yeah. <laughs> we know it's coming. We're looking forward to it. We'll get a hold of Disaster Artist as soon as we possibly can. Right. And that uh, what's the other film that Tommy and Greg are working on? That's not done yet. Best Friends. Best Friends. So that's that's circling. We know that's. We coming might get too. that in December. Actually, Tommy yeah. was hinting that maybe he wants to do something big for our hundredth screening, and maybe letting us show that might be that. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. The showing that movie might be that celebration of 100 years of the, of the room that they have a new film yeah. for us to screen. And by that point, with the Oscar nominations, won't be out till January. No. Right. Hopefully, it'll just be buzz. It'll be... Yeah. It'll be... It'll be playing somewhere else. Yeah. It'll probably be playing at Silver City or something. I can't imagine people going to see it there. I know. <laughs> I know, <laughs> like, I know. But I think it might be one of those movies that goes there and then comes here and we do gangbusters yeah. with it. Hopefully, it's, it's a, again... Deep pockets for us. Yes, yes. <laughs> I only run. I only work at the Mayfair with y'all to make lots of money. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't care about movies, whether they're good or bad. I just want to make lots of money. I have no love of cinema. <laughs> Never watch movies. It's, it's a ching ching situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if that were true, we'd be playing a lot more of Fast and Furious. <laughs> but I do point and that we'd out. We out of business. We'd yeah, be bankrupt yeah. to tell you the truth. Whenever somebody gets a little snippy that we're playing the fourth Alvin in the Chipmunks movie. Yeah. I remind them that we have children who come here and they like those movies. Just stay home. Yeah, they do well and we'll have something that night you'll want to see. You know, like it's... it's uh, I, 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 I kind of feel like we should show Captain Underpants. So, oh, yeah. I heard that's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I do agree with that. Well, Max wants to go see it. And to be selfish, I <laughs> might just put it on for Max. Yeah, yeah But no, yeah. it's like the next kids movie might be that. That looks like pretty fun. Yeah, because it's always kids, kids movies are... A little bit few and far in between mm. still, and then sometimes we'll just sadly miss it because it comes out on Blu-ray too fast. And The Beguile will be very soon, and so will Baby Driver. Baby Driver, yeah. I, I put up the poster in the candy bar just as like a good karma. I'm like, I'm right. putting this up. <laughs> just be hopeful. <laughs> Looking forward to Baby Driver. It's a good poster. Good. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's about it for this week. Tune in to all of our various social media. You can find up-to-the-second updates there of stuff we have coming up uh, go visit our friends across the street at house of targ for a round of progies and pinball before coming to see a movie and uh we'll see you next time you drop by to watch a film thanks for listening everybody ciao tim burton director of batman beetlejuice and 
Edward Scissorhands now takes you to a completely different world. The true story of a Hollywood legend, Ed Wood. And action! He made movies like no one else. You want to keep moving? You've got to get through that door. Ah! Perfect. Perfect? Do you know anything about film production? Well, I like to think so. He had an eye for talent. I met Bella Lugosi. Well, I thought he was dead. This is the most uncomfortable coffin I've ever been in. No, he's very much alive. You flying saucer? He had a passion for storytelling. Get me transvestites. I need transvestites. You're flashy. They want that. Okay. But they want professionalism. So Nick's on the Nelly without losing naivete. What kind of a movie is this? It's science fiction. A heartbreaking romance. Brave robbers from outer space. Brave robbers from what? And he had a secret he couldn't hide. I like to dress in women's clothing. Panties, sweaters, pumps. It's just something I do. You don't like sex with girls? No, I love sex with girls. Wearing their clothes makes me feel closer to them. How can you act so casual when you're dressed like that? All right, everybody, let's finish this picture. Touchstone Pictures presents Johnny Depp. Martin Landau, Sarah Jessica Parker, Patricia Arquette, and Bill Murray in the true story of an unforgettable filmmaker. We're making another movie. I got the Church of Beverly Hills to put up the cash. How do you get all your friends to get baptized just so you can make a monster movie? And his legacy that will live forever. How do you turn this off? Shake his legs around. It looks like he's killing me. This is the one. This is the one I'll be remembered for. Ed Wood, a Tim Burton film. Really? Worst film you ever saw. Well, my next one will be better. Hello?